Good morning. My name is Molly Plummet, and our gathering scripture today comes from Exodus 4, verse 21. And the Lord told Moses, When you arrive back in Egypt, go to Pharaoh and perform all the miracles I have empowered you to do. But I will harden his heart, so he will refuse to let the people go. This is the word of the Lord. Hey, Grace242. It's widely recognized in the video gaming community that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the first installment that was made for the original Nintendo Entertainment System, is one of the most unfair video games ever made. For instance, when you're on this ladder, how are you supposed to get to the upper level without taking damage from an enemy who won't move from the top of the ladder? The water level is the most difficult in the game. You have a time limit, so you're moving quickly through the level and the electric plants hurt you. In this level, you have to have perfect jumping accuracy to be sure you land on these platforms. But if you fall into the water, you die. So you're a turtle, but you can't survive water? In the game, pizza restores your health, but how are you supposed to access this pizza with so little height clearance? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 1 is one of the most unfair games ever made. The game designers made sure that players never stood a chance so that kids would keep feeding the quarters into the arcade machine thinking, this will be the time I beat it. But all the while, the sad reality is, no helpless gamer, you never stood a chance. And just like anyone who played Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was playing an unfair game, if you pay close attention to the book of Exodus, you might wonder if Pharaoh was playing an unfair game. Players of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were treated very unfairly by the game makers, and when you read Exodus closely, you wonder if Pharaoh was treated very unfairly by Yahweh. Turn with me to our scripture reading today, Exodus chapter 4, verse 21, and you'll get a sense for what I mean by, was Pharaoh playing an unfair game? As you turn there, this moment takes place after the burning bush encounter and where God has commanded Moses to go to Pharaoh. So Moses and his family are traveling back to Egypt and Exodus 4 verse 21 takes place right before the weirdest passage in Exodus, which we explored in week five of this series. Let's read Exodus chapter 4 verse 21. And the Lord told Moses, when you arrive back in Egypt, go to Pharaoh and perform all the miracles I have empowered you to do but I will harden his heart so he will refuse to let the people go. The first part of the verse are Moses' instructions. He is to go to Pharaoh and perform the miracles Yahweh empowered him to do. But now look at the second part of the verse. But I, Yahweh, will harden his, Pharaoh's, heart so he will refuse to let the people go. Now you might pause here and scratch your head. Okay, Moses is supposed to appear before Pharaoh. That part makes sense. But at the same time that Moses appears to Pharaoh, God is going to harden Pharaoh's heart so that Pharaoh refuses to let Israel go. That doesn't sound fair. That sounds like Pharaoh doesn't really have a choice in the matter. After all, it was Pharaoh's hard heart that brought on the plagues. Look at the first plague, the plague of blood, and we'll read Exodus 7:14. Then the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is stubborn, and he still refuses to let the people go. The NLT uses the word stubborn, but other translations use the word hardened. Regardless, it means Pharaoh's heart was hardened. So it's Pharaoh's hard heart that brings on the plagues of increasing severity all the way up to the death of the Egyptian firstborn sons. Even more, 
It was Pharaoh's hard heart that prompted him and his army to pursue Israel after Pharaoh let Israel exit Egypt. Look at Exodus 14, verses 6 to 8. So Pharaoh harnessed his chariot and called up his troops. He took with him 600 of Egypt's best chariots, along with the rest of the chariots of Egypt, each with its commander. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, so he chased after the people of Israel, who had left with fists raised in defiance. So Pharaoh's hard heart prompts him to chase after Israel. And that chase ends with the drowning of Pharaoh along with his army in the waters of the Red Sea. So Pharaoh's hardened heart led to the plagues, including the death of the Egyptian livestock. Pharaoh's hardened heart led to the death of the Egyptian firstborn. And Pharaoh's hardened heart led to the death of the Egyptian army and the death of Pharaoh himself. So if we're really honest with what we're reading in the Bible here, this could seem like an indictment of Yahweh. Because on the one hand, it's Yahweh hardening Pharaoh's heart, but then on the other hand, it's Pharaoh's hard heart that brought on the plagues, and it's Pharaoh's hard heart that brought on the waters of the Red Sea, which collapsed over Pharaoh and his army. So it could almost seem like Yahweh had it out in the first place for Pharaoh. And we wonder, if Yahweh was hardening Pharaoh's heart, did Pharaoh really even have a choice in the matter? This could seem like an indictment of Yahweh, that Yahweh was out to get Pharaoh. Did Pharaoh really have a choice? Was Pharaoh playing an unfair game? Was Pharaoh playing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number one? In the book of Exodus, there are 20 references to the hardening of Pharaoh's heart. And I've made a chart with all 20 references, so let's look at that chart. Now, I wish I could show you all 20 references in a single vertical list, but our TV screens are widescreen, so the list of 20 is divided into two columns of 10. But try to imagine them as one vertical list. The left column of the list is the reference to the hardening with chapter and verse. And the right column is the sense in which Pharaoh's heart is hardened. For instance, in our scripture reading today, Exodus chapter 4, verse 21, Pharaoh's heart is being made hard. And in chapter 17, verse 14, during the first plague, Pharaoh's heart is already hard. Now in the left-hand column, in the column of references, you'll notice that some of the references are highlighted in green. The references highlighted in green mean that these references take place during the 10 plagues narrative. Chapter 7, verse 14 is during the plague of blood, which was the first of the 10 plagues. The right-hand columns are highlighted with a peach, pale, red, pinkish sort of color or they're highlighted in a dark bluish gray. The dark bluish gray indicates that Yahweh is the active agent in the hardening. For the columns in blue, Yahweh is the one who is hardening Pharaoh's heart. And you'll notice that our scripture reading, Exodus 4.21, is highlighted in blue because it's Yahweh who is the active agent. The columns that are highlighted in the peach, pink, light red indicate that Pharaoh is the active agent in the hardening. The light red indicates that it is Pharaoh who is hardening his own heart. So now that you have the layout of the table, let's make a few observations. If you're counting blue highlights versus peach highlights, you'll notice that it's an even split between Yahweh as the active agent and Pharaoh as the active agent. 10 times Yahweh is the one doing the hardening and 10 times Pharaoh is the one who hardens his own heart. Which leads me to two questions. Is God sovereign? Yes. And does Pharaoh have agency? Yes. God is sovereign over Pharaoh's heart, 
And at the same time, Pharaoh has his own agency. This even split, 10 times God, 10 times Pharaoh, reminds us of this mystery that God understands but we can't, and that is that God is sovereign, but at the same time, humans do have agency. Now, as people in the Reformed theological tradition, and as one who glories in this aspect of things, we want to make much of God's sovereignty. That's not at the expense of human agency, but we want to focus on and glory in the sovereignty of God. If you attended the congregational meeting, I told you all that I am the chair of the ordination wing for our presbytery here in ECO. And so if you are in Wisconsin, Illinois, or Indiana, and you want to be ordained in ECO, you got to go through me. And just a few weeks ago, I was in Chicago visiting two new ordination candidates that we have. And I have a question that I like to ask all of our candidates. And that is, in a nutshell, what is Reformed theology? And to my great delight, both of these candidates said, sovereignty of God. That's the hallmark of Reformed theology, that we emphasize God's control, God's sovereignty, God's kingship, his reign over all aspects of life. Bingo, God's sovereignty is where it's at. Now look back at the chart. I think it's significant that in the first two instances, Yahweh is the active agent. It reminds us that first and foremost, Yahweh is sovereign. At the end of the day, Yahweh is in control. And isn't this the entire narrative of the book of Exodus? That through it all, Yahweh is God. Through it all, Yahweh is sovereign. I mean, look at Exodus 9, verses 13 to 16. This is at the seventh plague, which was the plague of hail. And here's the message that Yahweh instructs Moses to bring to Pharaoh. Then the Lord said to Moses, Get up early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh. Tell him, This is what the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, says. Let my people go so they can worship me. If you don't, I will send more plagues on you and your officials and your people. Then you will know that there is no one like me in all the earth. By now I could have lifted my hand and struck you and your people with a plague to wipe you off the face of the earth. But I have spared you for a purpose, to show you my power and to spread my fame throughout the earth. Look at verse 14. What's the reason for the plagues? Then you will know that there is no one like me in all the earth. And now look at verse 16. What's Pharaoh's purpose? to show you my power and to spread my fame throughout the earth. Through the hardening of Pharaoh's heart and through the 10 plagues, what is God's purpose? So that everyone will know that Yahweh is God. So that everyone will know that Yahweh is the true Elohim. So that everyone will see the power of Yahweh and know Yahweh is supreme. Yahweh is the most high God. Family of Grace 242, this is good news for us. In the 10 plagues, Yahweh took on the gods of Egypt, including Pharaoh who was considered like a god in Egypt. Yahweh took them on and he won. Even though the principalities and powers and the spiritual forces of darkness still wreak havoc in our lives, Yahweh is God most high. Yahweh is sovereign even over them. Someone close to you in your life dies. Yahweh's sovereign over that. Someone you love entered the hospital. Yahweh's sovereign over that. You can't stand your job and you can't stand going to work each day and it's sucking the life out of you. Yahweh is sovereign over that. Your marriage is strained to almost breaking point. Yahweh is sovereign over that. 
Your kids are facing challenges that you say, I was never taught about this. What do I do when my kid has anxiety? What do I do when my kid can't get along with their friends at school? What do I do when my kid expresses what they believe and it's true to the Bible and true to God's word, but then they, they get ridiculed for what they say at school? What do they do when my kid feels like an outcast because they believe Christianity and it's setting them apart from the, uh, the in crowd at school? What do I do? Well, guess what? Yahweh is sovereign over all of that. Now back to our dilemma. Was Pharaoh playing an unfair game though? Did he even have a chance? Ten times Yahweh hardened Pharaoh's heart, and ten times Pharaoh hardens his own heart. Is God sovereign? Yes. Does Pharaoh have agency? Yes. Look at the green highlights which correspond with the plague narrative. 7.14 through 11.10 are the plague's narrative. Now, look at the right column and look at the progression within the plague's narrative. In 7.14 through 9.7, which includes six references, Pharaoh is hardening his own heart. Then in 9.12, Yahweh acts. But then we get two more times where Pharaoh hardens his own heart in 9.34 and 9.35. Then the last four times are Yahweh acting. So in the plague's narrative, eight times Pharaoh is hardening his own heart, and five times God is doing the hardening. Furthermore, early on in the plague's narrative, it's Pharaoh hardening his own heart. But then by the time we get to plagues 8, 9, and 10 in chapter 10 and 11, it's Yahweh doing the hardening. So it started with Pharaoh acting, and it ended with Yahweh acting. I think by the time we get to 10.1 through 11.10, God's acting out of what he already found in Pharaoh's heart. During the plague's narrative, Pharaoh had eight times where he hardened his own heart. So by the time we get to plagues 8, 9, and 10, Yahweh is working with what is already in Pharaoh's heart. Besides, it's not like we would say, man, you know, that Pharaoh, he would have been such a great guy were it not for Yahweh hardening his heart. It's not like we would say, Pharaoh, he would have been right up there with King David amongst great biblical leaders, were it not for Yahweh hardening his heart. It's not like we would say, why didn't the author of Hebrews include Pharaoh in the Hall of Faith? Oh yeah, because Yahweh hardened his heart. No, even before any references to the hardening of Pharaoh's heart, we already get a view into the heart of Pharaoh. It's out of Pharaoh's heart that flows the enslavement of the Hebrew people. It's out of Pharaoh's heart that flows the genocide of the Hebrew boys. From the very beginning of the book of Exodus, Yahweh knows what's in Pharaoh's heart already. Even more, there are moments where it looks like Pharaoh's heart of stone might be softening up. Pharaoh is given opportunities, but they are disregarded. In Exodus 5, 2, Pharaoh says, I don't know Yahweh, so why should I listen to him? But then look at what Pharaoh says in Exodus 9, 27 to 28. Then Pharaoh quickly summoned Moses and Aaron. This time I have sinned, he confessed. The Lord is the righteous one, and my people and I are wrong. Please beg the Lord to end this terrifying thunder and hail. We've had enough. I will let you go. You don't need to stay any longer. Hmm. Maybe Pharaoh's heart is softening. Let's look and see what plays out in Exodus 9, 34 to 35. But when Pharaoh saw that the rain, hail, and thunder had stopped, he and his officials sinned again. And Pharaoh again became stubborn. 
because his heart was hard. Pharaoh refused to let the people leave, just as the Lord had predicted through Moses. Nope, Pharaoh's heart isn't softening. Just when there might be a crack in Pharaoh's heart of stone, just when he has the opportunity to repent, he hardens his heart again. Yahweh already knows what's in Pharaoh's heart. And Yahweh is acting knowing Pharaoh has a cold heart of stone. I think this is a good opportunity for us to ask, what does Yahweh see when he peers into my heart? We've seen how Yahweh peered into Pharaoh's heart and Yahweh saw a cold heart of stone. Yahweh saw a rebellious heart. Yahweh saw a heart bent on sin. What does Yahweh see when he peers into our hearts? Because the condition of our hearts will dictate how we respond when the rubber meets the road. When Pharaoh was struck by the sixth plague, which was the plague of boils, in his sickness, he should have turned to Yahweh and said, Yahweh is God. Yahweh is God most high. Instead, his heart was hardened. How do you respond when life gets difficult? How do you respond when you get sick? How do you respond when you run into conflict with somebody? How do you respond when your day is more difficult than you could have ever imagined? Do you say, Yahweh is the Lord, Yahweh is sovereign over this situation? Or do you sulk and say, why me, God? There's an Old Testament scholar by the name of Dr. Walter Kaiser. And in sort of a neat roundabout way, I know Dr. Kaiser personally and it surrounds my grandfather's funeral, and I'd love to tell you the story if you ask me sometime. It's a really neat story, and it's a, it's a glimpse into the amazing person that Dr. Walter Kaiser is. Anyway, Dr. Kaiser says this. He says, oftentimes the very divine works that are meant to soften the heart have the opposite effect depending on the condition of a person's heart. Just as the sun will produce opposite effects, whether it falls on wax or clay. When the challenges of life hit you, What's the condition of your heart, Grace 242? Is it wax ready to be softened? Or is it clay that will harden up as soon as those challenges hit? Back to our question. Was Pharaoh playing an unfair game? No. God already knew what was in Pharaoh's heart. But you might still be disturbed. You might still be unsettled by the fact that there were 10 times that it was Yahweh who hardened Pharaoh's heart. Well, look at Exodus chapter 9, and we're going to look at verses 15 to 16. This is Yahweh speaking to Pharaoh. Yahweh says, By now I could have lifted my hand and struck you and your people with a plague to wipe you off the face of the earth. But I have spared you for a purpose, to show you my power and to spread my fame throughout the earth. Do you see God's mercy at work here? God's mercy is at work in the fact that God spared Pharaoh's life. God said, Pharaoh, I could have killed you a long time ago, but I spared you, and I spared you because I have a greater purpose at work. And that purpose is to show the world who I am. And how does Yahweh show the world who he is? By turning evil in upon itself, by using bad and working good out of it, by taking Pharaoh's hard heart and using it to accomplish the salvation of his people from slavery in Egypt. Look with me at Romans chapter 9, and we're going to read verses 15 through 18. This is the Apostle Paul reflecting on the Exodus. 
For God said to Moses, I will show mercy to anyone I choose, and I will show compassion to anyone I choose. So it is God who decides to show mercy. We can neither choose it nor work for it. For the scriptures say that God told Pharaoh, I have appointed you for the very purpose of displaying my power in you and to spread my fame throughout the earth. So you see, God chooses to show mercy to some and he chooses to harden the hearts of others so they refuse to listen. Verse 16 says, So it is God who decides to show mercy. We can neither choose it nor work for it. How does God show mercy? He shows mercy by turning evil in upon itself. He uses Pharaoh's hard heart to accomplish the salvation of the Israelites. And he uses the cross to accomplish the salvation of his people. Like verse 16 says, we can neither choose it nor work for it. This is God's mercy. That he uses bad, the cross, to accomplish good, the salvation of his people. That's God's mercy. We can neither choose it nor work for it. Was Pharaoh playing an unfair game? No. God was using Pharaoh to show the world his mercy, to show the world that in his mercy he is the one who turns evil in upon itself, to show the world that in his mercy he is the one to take bad and work it for good, to show the world that he is the one who can take Pharaoh's hard heart and use it to accomplish the salvation of his people, to show the world that he is the one who can take the horror and the violence of the cross and the death of his own son and use it for the good of accomplishing the salvation of his people. I'll see you next time, Grace 242. Love you.